I've got a son. Those of you that know me personally probably ask about him on occasion, and those of you that don't should read our joint review of Tricky Towers, if you haven't already. I am a firm believer that, as his primary parent, it's my job to teach him all sorts of useful skills, critical thinking, how to use cutlery properly, basic toilet control, all that jazz. And of course, some of the things children learn are handled predominantly by the schools they go to. I know for a fact that schools use a number of tools to help them achieve the educational goals set out in the national curriculum, and today, I'm going to explain why I think Scooby-Doo needs to be a part of that curriculum. Now, before I start, it's important to note a few things. First, this is not a criticism of the education system. There are failings, sure, as there are in any government-led system, but the frontline staff, teachers, teaching assistants and anyone else who actually works in a school, all have a thankless task, don't get paid enough for it, and don't get enough credit for the work they do. I say this is nothing more than a parent who understands some of the struggles teachers have, if I have a hard time managing one child for the few hours a day I need to manage him during weekdays, how hard must it be to have 20, 25, 30 children, all at once? Second, I'm not an education expert. I'm just a parent who has firm views on important lessons I was not taught at school and had to learn for myself, the hard way. Third, when I say kids should study Scooby-Doo, I mean the show, in all its forms, as opposed to the character. Now, let's crack on, shall we? There are a few very important lessons that near enough all Scooby-Doo episodes teach us. First off, it teaches us that we should challenge the information given to us. Pretty much every episode follows pretty much the same formula, Mystery Incorporated, or whatever they're called in that iteration of the show, turn up to some place being terrorized by some sort of monster, they investigate it, and solve the mystery as to who is responsible. Throughout the episode, they piece together the clues and form a case against the person responsible for the mischief that has taken place. The gang are consistently having to determine what is true and what is false from the information provided to them by ill-informed locals, typically scared people who mean well, but end up causing more harm than good, by the criminal in question and people who are genuinely helping the case. This is a perfect child-friendly way of tackling misinformation as spread on the internet. You get the people who do it deliberately, the ones who do it for a laugh, or for some sort of personal gain, and you get the people who genuinely believe it is true and perpetuate the lies. Then there's the people who know better, who try to spread the truth. Between them, the gang work out what the truth is, and then resolve the matter at hand, like a sort of cartoon politifact. And while we're here, Let's discuss the cornerstone of the criminal justice system, innocent until proven guilty. Too often, recently, we're witnessing people have this basic right ignored, the biggest of which comes to mind is Cliff Richard. You would never see Mystery Incorporated fuck it up that badly, would you? They always build a case before catching the criminal in the act. They work out who did it, having gathered the evidence, and then inform the appropriate authorities when the responsible party are completely scuppered and unable to prove it wasn't them. And sure, maybe it seems like it's Velma who has her act together when it comes to this particular facet of the show, but isn't she the sort of female role model that we should be inspiring our children to look up to? Next up, it's important to note that the trope is, at least in most of the TV shows, that the monsters are not actually monsters, they're people, individuals who are desperate, greedy or just plain bad people they've encountered as part of their investigation. Is that not true of society? There is no boogeyman under the bed, or killer doll hiding in the wardrobe. To quote the 2002 Scooby-Doo movie, there is no such thing as ghouls, ghosts, goblins or monsters. What this is teaching us is as follows, just because someone is an adult, a responsible individual, does not mean that we can trust them, or that they are a good person, that the bad people in society are really normal people wearing a mask. 
Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying we making kids distrustful of all adults, I'm an adult, and I like to think that I'm a generally good person, so the idea that people might be taught to be wary or me is a little upsetting, but we should be teaching kids the signs they can watch out for, so that they know how to best keep themselves safe. As it stands, we're being repeatedly told that most victims of assault, sexual and otherwise, are committed by someone known to the victim. I'm not saying to tell kids this, the intricacies are a, not for me to decide, and two, too graphic for most children, but they need to be given the tools to protect themselves, and the best tool is knowledge. A mind that knows the signs of danger can avoid the danger, maybe not in every case, but in some cases, and anything that leads to fewer crimes without infringing on the rights of the innocent is a positive thing, right? Okay, so so far, we've got. Mystery Incorporated teaches kids to form their own conclusions instead of assuming that the commonly believed information is true. Mystery Incorporated upholds the basic principle of innocent until proven guilty, by building a case before confronting the alleged criminal. The real monsters in society are typical humans that are either desperate, greedy or bad people, and when we are the victims of crime, odds are that the perpetrator is someone we know. That just because someone is an adult does not mean that they are right or good, and that these are decisions we should be making ourselves from the information available to us. That alone is justification for making Scooby-Doo a part of the syllabus as far as I'm concerned, but let's keep going, because I've got a few more. The proper care of animals. If you ignore the fact that Scooby himself is absolutely definitely fed stuff he shouldn't eat, he is treated respectfully throughout the show, he's a part of the slapdash family the five of them have, treated as an equal, and cared for well. There is absolutely no circumstance whereby you'd be able to envision Scooby being taken away by animal protection services, the meddling kids look after him too well. But TG, they're clearly stoners, at least, Shaggy is, why does that make him a good role model? Sure, I'll accept there's plenty of evidence to support the idea that Shaggy partakes of a bit of cannabis on occasion, but why does that stop him from being a role model? You know who else has partaken at times? Elon Musk, Brad Pitt, Bob Marley did, Bob Dylan, Bill Gates, Kirsten Dunst, The Beatles, Steve Jobs, Van, Cohen, and Jerry, Greenfield, Kevin Smith, Patrick Stewart, Jennifer Aniston, even Barack Obama. Any of them sound like bad role models to you? We've got one former president of the United States, massive film, music and TV stars, business moguls and I defy you to come up with three reasons why any of those would be a bad role model. Sure, there are individuals that partake of marijuana that are not good role models, but you'll find that pretty much all of those have other reasons as to why they're unfit to be inspirations to our children. As a parent, I'm a firm believer that there's nothing wrong with marijuana, only marijuana misuse, people that abuse it and let it rule their life, instead of allowing it to enhance their life on the odd occasion. Shaggy? He's a drifter, just like the other kids, and he, like they, spends his time stopping petty criminals. He's a positive contributor to society, let him blaze every once in a while for crying out loud. And when you consider that according to a study, over a third of 16 to 24-year-olds in the UK had partaken of drugs in the Europe to March 2020, maybe the current educational practices of discouraging drug use amongst teenagers is not effective enough, and should instead shift towards responsible drug use, much like we're advised to drink and gamble responsibly, if we're going to do so, and, in sex education, fuck responsibly. And whilst we're thinking about that, but TG, what about the looky plus tones inherent in the show, most prevalent with the relationship between Daphne and Velma, and Shaggy and Fred? So bloody what? We're living in the 21st century. There's no place for worldviews that don't support looky plus characters or role models, it's simply not acceptable in the modern age and if you honestly think this is a problem, 
then I hate to break it to you, but you're the problem. So what if Velma and Daphne are in a relationship? So what if Fred and Shaggy are dating? Why is their orientation, if as perceived or not, any of our business, or grounds to consider them a poor example to children? It's important for children, particularly when they are undergoing sexual education, to have relevant examples of the various understood orientations that people can be, and there's plenty of ways of interpreting Scooby-Doo to provide any such example, from a heterosexual or queer angle. That's right, Scooby-Doo is a sexual orientation education tool. So now let's summarize, shall we? Mystery Incorporated teaches kids to form their own conclusions instead of assuming that the commonly believed information is true. Mystery Incorporated upholds the basic principle of innocent until proven guilty, by building a case before confronting the alleged criminal. The real monsters in society are typical humans that are either desperate, greedy or bad people, and when we are the victims of crime, odds are that the perpetrator is someone we know. That just because someone is an adult does not mean that they are right or good, and that these are decisions we should be making ourselves from the information available to us. Scooby-Doo is a well-cared-for dog, providing a means to educate children about proper pet care. Mystery Incorporated's connections with recreational drug use can be used as a tool to educate later education students of ways to use such drugs responsibly. Mystery Incorporated's various head canonable sexual orientations, couplings, throuplings and polycule theories provide the means to educate children on the various low-key plus orientations they may identify as. I cannot envision an argument that makes Mystery Incorporated a poor educational tool, and while I would personally lean towards the 2002 series What's New Scooby-Doo? And anything after that for animation purposes, the earlier series, even from 1969 to 1970, cover the earlier themes well enough that they could, and I think should, be studied in school. As always, comment your thoughts on what I think. I'd love to hear why you think I'm wrong or, even better, why you think I'm right. TG